0: This is going to be good. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to Table Flippers Podcast, Ministry of Greater Works Christian Church, right here in beautiful Lancaster, California. I am your host, Robert Enos. Here, I will discuss theology, doctrine, politics, social and cultural issues, pretty much anything I feel like talking about. But basically, I flip tables. Please remember to download each episode, that's very important, download each episode. Hold on tight, it's going to be a bumpy ride. Alright everybody, how you doing? We're back, uh, Table Flippers podcast and I am here with a spectacular guest and I know I told you some time ago that I'm going to bring you the best because God gave me the best. So, this gentleman, this young man's name is Andre, and that's all I'm going to say about him, at least right now, because I want Andre to be able to introduce himself, tell you a little bit about himself. So, Mr. Andre, tell everybody about yourself and, and introduce yourself a little
1: bit better than what I just did. Sure. Well, hello, everybody. A. Hey, Rob, thanks for having me on here. I think this is a great opportunity. Um, once again, my name is Andre. I'm a, a young man that's been at Greater Works for about seven years now and I'm um, happily married. It's going to be our three year anniversary this September. To, I'm married to an amazing woman of God, Yessi. And I'm a father of a beautiful eight month old daughter, Zariah, which is a new season of my life. And it's, it's very exciting. And um, a little bit more about me. I, I work uh, here at Lockheed Martin, work on DARPA government programs, and I'm really into health, fitness, nutrition. I'm into firearms and I'm even into fashion. So kind of an interesting blend, <laughs> but uh, that's, that's all I'll say for now, I guess.
0: <laughs> so, um, you've been at Greater Works for seven years?
1: Yeah, 2015 <laughs> is when I really plugged in. That was after I got back from my three-month hiatus. I was living in Spain in 2014. Yeah, I remember and so that. so, came back and 2015 is when God really started solidifying Greater Works as my home in my heart and that's when I started to really get plugged in with, with your church, eh, rob It just doesn't seem like it was that long ago. It just seems like
0: yesterday. And then you said three years marriage, real, your three-year anniversary real soon. It's like, man, that just literally seemed like yesterday, like we were just celebrating. And now your little baby, she's going to be running around um, acting all crazy at the church real soon. That's good.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I joke around with my friends being in aerospace. Time flies at hypersonic speeds. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> well, it is. I, um, I remember when
0: I was younger, it seemed like time just would drag on, and now it just seems like time's flying. So things need to slow down for me. Um, so we, we, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Andre and I, uh, we, we, we talk about a lot of things at various times when we actually have the time to sit down and talk. And there's something of a great, uh, to be honest with you, a great brilliance with this young man. On one hand, he could be joking around about eating Falafel burritos in in on Mars, and then another minute, just be saying something so absolutely profound. So, needless to say, he's just a fun guy to be around and uh, exciting because, again, now he's going on his three-year anniversary. His little baby girl uh, is—you said eight months old. Eight months last week. Yeah, time is flying. Yeah, and and uh, um, so great things are happening, and he's one of these guys that. Um, went in
1: got, got this job
0: how long you been there?
1: so it's going to be my 4 year anniversary this June started June 2019 wow yeah. so, and again
0: that just seemed again like yesterday mm-hmm. but True. it isn't that he just got this job he's, he's been doing phenomenal at this job and getting raises and bonuses and new positions and all kinds of things it's, it's just it, it, it's crazy good just sit back and watch, you know, we had Dree on here before, catch that episode, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't listened to it, Eliza, uh, Melissa, uh, young people that are doing spectacular things, and now Andre, and he just pointed out, I I guess I didn't really plan it this way, but, you know, now from a male's perspective, and he's doing spectacular, phenomenal, he's a, he's a upstanding young man in the church, in the community, uh, and, and on the job, and the reason I'm going on and on, number one, he deserves it because he is doing that spectacular. But two, Appreciate it. it's to prove that you don't have to give up yourself to some entity to make it in this world. And and Andres mm-hmm. is, is proving this. So tell me a little bit about um, this. You have a great work ethic. What mm-hmm. brought that on? And, and describe to me what, why you view, uh, first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, in your opinion, is a good work ethic and, and why is that so important for especially people say your age and a little bit younger to have that work ethic?
1: I think it's a great question for my generation to ponder on individually and collectively, um, but honestly, it comes back to me, to Scripture, and where God has called you and confirmed because at the end of the day, we want to be walking in His will. And there's so many scriptures and proverbs that talk about, you know, a man plans, uh, establishes plans in his heart, but his, his uh, feet are established by the Lord. And um, just being diligent and disciplined on a daily basis is important. But going back to a testimony of just getting into Lockheed Martin, I remember I was working at Chase for a year and a half, and I was applying to Lockheed when I got my bachelors in 2017. So if you think 2017 of May up until June 2019, that's almost two years later that I finally got in there. And uh, it was around April 2019 where I just I just had the thought, revamp your resume and apply to Lockheed again. And I did and got an interview a couple weeks after that, did the interview, and it wasn't really an in-depth interview that I thought it was going to be. Um, and that Sunday, I remember I was going to bed and, just praying and i heard the lord tell me this week you'll get the offer for the job and so i was kind of taken back by that but okay i mean is this me or is this god sure enough three days later that week i got the offer for the job and uh within those three days i was god was speaking to me in dreams about working at lockheed and meeting certain people in different departments and him really solidifying me and using me in the aerospace industry and so i took the offer and since then um it's been going to be almost four years and I'm in a position now as a as a senior and I'm a team lead overseeing a team of about six people mentoring one of our entry-level employees Um, and I shouldn't even be in this position because this position is about a six to nine year experience and I I was there not even three years when I got promoted last year and actually in the next couple weeks it's going to be something else uh, lord willing that I'll, I'll be stepping into which is a higher level that you and I have kind of talked about and and you and Abraham have prayed about for me, which I appreciate. But the scripture that comes to mind is really willingness. And in Isaiah 119, it talks about, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land, right? And if you refuse and rebel, then you shall be devoured by the sword. And what really propelled me to this position because I switched roles when COVID happened was, when the shutdowns took place, everyone decided to stay home and I live close to where the workspace is at, and they just asked out of three or four different people, um, one of the gentlemen that was coming in every day, he asked, hey, can uh, one of you guys come and help me? And out of everyone, and they were in a higher level than I was, I was the only one willing to go in and work. So I went into the program space, I was doing the work, and from there, um, not only did we get this COVID bonus, I guess, where those people that were going in when it was shut down would get like an incentive pay, but I never freaked out about the mandatory vaccines. I got my exemption. People were getting the vaccine. There were even other team members calling me and kind of asking me, like, hey, what do we do about this? And they were real freaked out, and I was just able to just speak wisdom to them about that. And they're still with the company, I don't know if they got the, the shot or not, but just being willing and applying that scripture on top of knowing where God has placed me in this season, I've seen so much fruit so much fruit, and I've mentioned the word diligence earlier, and in Proverbs twelve twenty six, it talks about how, uh, sorry, it's twelve twenty six talks about friendship, but the verse after talks about a lazy man uh, does not roast what he took in hunting, but diligence is man's precious possession, and diligence, if we define that, it's a constant and an earnest effort to accomplish a task, so it was drilled in my heart by Holy Spirit to be diligent, because not everyone has the opportunity that I have, and... Like I mentioned, he confirmed, he spoke to me, showed me dreams that this is where I'm supposed to be. And I'm seeing the fruit of it in just sh- such a short amount of time. Yeah. Praise God. So,
0: so what I'm hearing you say is uh, at least in one aspect, yes, you're given honor to God because that's really where everything's coming from. For sure. Your relationship with God. Yep. However, he's able to use or bless you the way he is and use you the, the way he is because you went above and beyond. Yeah. While other people refused to go into work, you went into work. And they honored you for that even on the job. So God could mm-hmm. extend that honor because you were
1: willing to go above and beyond. Yeah, and in in that time frame, I learned so many different skills that I wouldn't have if I just stayed at home and took the easy route out and just continued to work from home full time. But by going in, not only did I start rubbing shoulders with skunk works vp i was in meetings with the guy jeff Babion. rubbing shoulders with vps and directors now someone that at my level shouldn't really be doing for only being right. there three years yeah. and they stop by my cube have conversations i serve them nitro coffee shout out to justin <laughs> for getting me that little keg that i take nitro to work and it's it's been a tool that has i've been able to use to minister to other people and to build relationships that i wouldn't have and the people in high positions Just like Paul, he was after the governors and the mayors. I'm trying to influence the VPs and the directors, the top dogs at Lockheed Martin.
0: And and that's, uh, you you made uh, some very great points in in just the fact of what you're saying and how you worked hard and you applied yourself. Mm -hmm. You went in early and you were at the right place at the right time to be able to be around the right people. Yep, And you even were able to bless them. These are all, all of those things are Biblical. All of those are biblical um, points to live by, yes and, and found um, especially in the Book of Proverbs. And this is mm-hmm. something that a lot of young people today that I'm seeing—they—they—they they, they, they despise um, work. I hate to say it. Yes. Many of them are just they if silly it, if it's, and they they, they despise um, anybody that's in kind of a leadership role, a boss, a manager. You know, they feel like oh, you know, you're here to do a job from say eight in the morning to five at night and you're expected to work those eight hours suddenly they feel like they're in bondage they can't do that. how dare you do that how dare you treat me this way mm-hmm. and here you were willingly working hard and not just doing just enough to get by but proving yourself the way the word of God would tell us to the exactly. way the word of God would show us and, and, and expect of us yeah. you were like that uh, servant that turned the uh, five talents into ten talents instead of the guy that had the one talent and sat on it yeah and yeah. just like that story goes he was blessed as a leader over 10 cities so he was what i um uh, that's even bigger than say a mayor because he had been over 10 cities so a regional guy yeah yeah, and 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 so the same principle that worked there and that word of god in that story worked for you yeah. so I, I i said all that to kind of ask you this question so and I think I already said it but anyways what would you tell young people say again maybe your age maybe down to um, those that are say just entering college from just entering college to your age right now what would you tell them
1: yeah so adding to just you know seeking God and and hearing where he needs you to be because being in his will is where you're going to get the most fruit but to just be diligent be disciplined be willing um constant effort uh show up and and let people know that wherever you're at even if you're just the entry level person level one starting off that you're willing to learn and solve the problems that come up on the job and it doesn't just benefit you on the job it benefits you at home because a lot of the things i've learned on the job help translate to. Me being like a leader at the house, Mm -hmm. you know, and some of the things I learn at home, I'm also able to apply Mm -hmm. on the job. They go hand in hand. And another cool thing I forgot to mention is just being at Lockheed for I wasn't even there two years, but that allowed my wife to quit and just be a stay at home wife and now stay at home mom. Yeah, you know, and and we were in our 20s. You know, I'm 31 now. I feel great. I feel like a 21 year old. But uh, just because my wife makes fun of me because of the three in front of the age. So now it starts with a three. So you're super old all of a sudden. Um, I'm just having fun with it. But I would just say show up, be strong, um, prove yourself. There's no life is too short to to make excuses and just to fly under the radar. Um, Flying under the radar doesn't take you anywhere. It doesn't help anybody. Uh, It sets you back. Yeah. And I've seen that on the job, the people that wanted to just stay at home, they're not having the experiences that I'm having. Right. Dealing with these high level people and learning from them, getting feedback from them. Mm-hmm. So I wish I could talk more about some of the things that happen at work because it's some cool details, but no, I unfortunately understand. can't get into details for just the nature of the stuff we do out here. Yeah. Um, but honestly, if I could sum it up, and I know I'm kind of going in circles is learn scripture, do scripture, and don't take steroids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we
0: we're all natural here. Yeah, but but still, um, some some very valid points, especially for this this generation, because um, uh, many people my age have given up on on the younger generation mm-hmm. because of some of the things that they see, you know, and what they have experienced. This whole um, woke ism. Yeah. Uh, ideology that's really honestly destroying so many, especially our young people. And that's the heartbreaking thing about it. You get a bunch of old fogies. They're sitting around doing nothing. Who cares what they're woke or not. Mm -hmm. But when you see young people that are ruining their life, even before their life starts, they're getting wrong mindsets. They're becoming, I'm not even going to say lazy, because when they're out rallying and yelling and screaming and doing, that's not lazy. They're expending energy. It's just... In the wrong areas. It's in places and ways it's not going to benefit them and it's not going to benefit culture and society around us.
1: Yeah. You're misplacing your energy, your gifts, your talents in a field that's honestly bringing destruction. Yeah. It's not bringing any good fruit to anybody. Exactly. So
0: how can, let's say, uh, imagine, okay, I'm going to draw this picture and only because, ladies and gentlemen, this is what I see and this is how I see it, so I'm only painting this picture and... Don't write me any nasty letters that I'm a, um, what would you say, wokephobe? Because <laughs> everybody's making these words up now. But if if imagine you're sitting here and you have some um, uh, left-leaning, kind of liberal-minded young people, all about say, twenty-ish, twenty, twenty-one. Mm-hmm. And um, they're against, they don't want to have to really work. They expect the government or somebody else to take care of them. Hey, the rich should pay all my bills. They should give me health care. They should give me a living wage. They should give me a home. They should give me uh, uh, my education, all of that. They don't expect to really work for it. They want somebody else to take care of them. You know, uh, they, they call it the nanny culture or, the, or they call it the nanny, whatever. Mm-hmm. So basically somebody taking care of them. What would your be advice be to What would you say if they actually sat down long enough and actually listened?
1: What would you say to them? Hmm, That's a tough question. So I know this might rub people the wrong way, but that's what we're here for. There's a, there's <laughs> a common phrase that I've heard growing up and it's follow your passions or follow your heart. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that perspective is, is also off because there's a lot of hungry, homeless, passionate people, yeah. you know? So for example, I'm a very passionate about race cars and, and fashion and guns, but I'm not doing that for a career. Right. So there was this book I read, it talks about, it's, a, it's called Business Secrets from the Bible, and it's a rabbi that wrote it. And he was talking about how you don't need to follow your passion. You need to find the missing link in society and fill that missing link. Right. And if you look at history, that's exactly what a lot of successful people have done. Mm -hmm. They weren't necessarily passionate about a a certain certain part that they got involved in. Um, They just had an idea and they ran with it. Right. And maybe they were passionate about that, like scientists and stuff. But for the most part, if everyone was just following their passions, a lot of things that were invented or what we have today wouldn't necessarily be here for us to bounce off of towards the future so that's one thing i would have a conversation with my generation because they're just so passionate like i noticed they're so passionate and you mentioned about some silly topics you know yeah. like like left-leaning type stuff um the second thing i would talk about is find find something that can benefit society regarding a skill and trade and step into that and yeah. get good with that um, a lot of people aren't really reading books, you know, yeah. and, and Scripture constantly talks about knowledge yeah. uh, People perishing for a lack of knowledge, you know And knowledge is so important, but applied knowledge is the, the whole game-changer Like the word wisdom in Hebrew, it means applying God's wisdom physically yeah. So we have so many tools at our disposal And I would even go a step further and show them how I can help them look for jobs how I can show them how to get equipped even from YouTube, you know, we have a tool called YouTube and you can learn so much from it and people can launch off of that into a career or helping others because of a skill they learned on YouTube. Yeah. So there's so many different avenues and opportunities we have, especially in this country that we can really use to benefit our friends, families, our immediate circle, but then also change culture around us Mm -hmm. and if you get caught up in just what the mainstream news is talking about, which is all bogus in my opinion, you're just gonna stay living that lifestyle, which is stay home and let other people pay your bills. Yep. Which personally, I hate that. I hate having to work hard and get so much taxes taken out of my paychecks that it's going to people that, first off, maybe they don't even care about this country. Right. And I'm working on stuff that defends this country. And two, they just don't really care to get up and do something with their life. Yeah. When you have a purpose. Yeah,
0: you know? I, Again, um, you touched upon so many things that we can just bunny trail off of. Uh, Bugs Bunny. B- <laughs> exactly. That's <laughs> Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wish I had that sound effect. Boo whoop! that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Looney Tune thing, but um. That'll be good. Um, okay. Being being told, follow your heart. Follow your heart. Follow your heart. Again, it sounds so good.
1: It sounds what? amazing. It sounds My so My heart good. wants Krispy Kreme.
0: Exactly. So if you <laughs> followed your heart all the time, you'd weigh about 400 pounds. i
1: will be chubby Armenian, not yeah. the Armenian Wolverine. Exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so the whole idea of following your heart is bogus. Well, I'm not even going to say completely bogus. I'll put it this way. That's what you do in your spare time that's when you d- what you do after you get your paycheck after you've actually produced something for yourself for your family for culture society and you may not have been as you said be yeah. super passionate about that but then you can pursue your passions as yeah a hobby yeah or a hobby. or thinking like okay you know one day I'll, I'll retire uh, hopefully make enough money retire early and then I can pursue chase my dream my heart my whatever but right now now mm-hmm. granted ladies and gentlemen if if Your passion, what really drives you, what really motivates you is something that you can make a a living at, then go for it. Yeah, correct. You know? I agree with that. But let's face it, even artists, and I love art, but Mm. even artists, most artists don't make it until after they're dead. It's just the way it works. That's sad. I'm not going to say all of them, but a lot of them. Mm -hmm. But if you can, if you're painting on the weekends on your spare time and you start making enough money and getting your name out there that you can make a living at it, go for it. Yeah. But to think you're going to step right out of high school or right out of art school and make $100,000 a year right off the bat your first year just selling your prints probably is not going to happen. So go get a job somewhere.
1: And do that on the weekends until you make a name for yourself. Yeah, that would be probably the other side of it that I didn't want to keep rambling about. But that's your hobbies, your spare time. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And if that grows big enough where you can step into that and you know that that's what God has called you to, then 100% jump yeah. jump in the deep deep end.
0: And that's, you know? that's, that's something that, uh, well, not just this generation, but every generation needs to know and understand. Because I was hearing that same message when I was young, mm-hmm. you know, and... Um, yeah. I like to go drive my cars and my trucks through mud puddles and blast my guns at the same time. <laughs> I didn't oh, know yeah. where I could get that job, you know, unless I went full-time min- uh, in military, you know. And yeah. um, by that time, I already had a son, so I wasn't going to leave him so I could go, go through the mud and shoot my guns. So I had to actually get a job. Was I excited about that job? No, but we I learned like, a lot, right? Well, I learned a lot. Yeah. I learned a ton. Yeah. And I, I made enough money to take care of myself, my family, and build a home. And eventually, I was able to work myself out of that job. There you go. Um, because I was able to pursue a passion in ministry. And it, well, it started paying the bills. But that wasn't right off the bat. Yeah. So to expect that from somebody say, I don't know. Uh, 20 say 20 21 22 stepping out of college with their their degree and then stepping right into quote unquote their passion some are going to be able to do that because like you said somebody might be have a passion in some type of science and they just can go into that field you yep. that's fine some people have a passion in building things and they'll go build something great yeah
1: but there's some
0: passions out there that aren't going to put food on the table
1: Yeah, true. And just speaking for myself, I know some of the passions I have, it's not what I'm doing right now, but I know being called to aerospace, which I never really had a passion for like that growing up. I like jets, of course, but um, I'm learning so much now that I know when God starts using my passions in the future for like career or whatever it might be, I have so much more skills, wisdom and experience because of what I'm doing here. Right. So... God can also use that as a, as a launching pad. You know, He wants us to learn things, and, and sometimes it looks like it looks like boot camp for some people, uh, actual military boot camp. For other people, it looks like uh, working at a bank or working in aerospace. Very good. Somebody gave me a note here. I'm
0: reading it real quick. I got to put on my glasses. Yeah, um, you know. Um, there is, there's, that word, there's that passage in the word of God that says, the man that does not work... Uh, some translations say, uh, neither will he eat, but the actual translation should read, neither let him eat. And a lot of people, I told that to somebody one time, and they said, well, that's really mean, that's cruel. It's hmm. not cruel, because hunger is a great motivator to get off your lazy butt and get something done in life. For sure. And what have we done in our culture and society? We have rewarded bad behavior. People that don't want to work, so we give them uh, uh, money. They don't want to go out and earn a living to put food on the table, so we give them an EBT card. They don't want to go out and and earn enough money, better themselves, make themselves more marketable to provide a home. So we give them Section 8. We do everything opposite in our culture, opposite against the Word of God. Mm-hmm. make it sound and feel like, oh, we're being so compassionate. But we're not. We're destroying those people's lives. We're destroying what little motivation they have to actually do something. And now we've stripped them of all dignity, in my opinion, because yeah. they aren't producing it. Other people are producing it for them. Yep. You know. And again, I like the idea of people being able to go out, get a job that they're really passionate about. But if that isn't happening, then get a job that will pay the bills. Because at least at the end of the day, you can come home, mm-hmm. check in a hand, and feel good that your two hands and your hard work earned that. And it wasn't given to you for free for sitting around playing video games. It was given to you because you worked for it. So,
1: um, yes, yeah, sir, I like the way you put it, Rob. And to add to that, it kind of sucks seeing people that get the EBT cards. Their grocery carts are full of junk food. Absolutely. Do not buy Kool-Aid and stop eating Lucky Charms, folks. You're not gonna get no muscles from that. Yeah, you know, it, you know, they, it's it's like we're, you're spoon feeding them the money, but then you're also spoon feeding them junk, and it, it's heartbreaking to see that yeah. lifestyle. It really is. It is. I, I, you said that it brought back a
0: memory. I was in a in a <laughs> grocery store. This was maybe a couple months ago, and this lady was pushing around two carts. She had, uh, she was pushing. One cart in front of her with one hand and kind of guiding a a cart behind her with a little kid pushing it and she was just kind of steering (laughs) and both of them were just overflowing with junk food. I'm talking like the worst food that you could, you know, like several. There had to be at least between the two carts, 10 of those two liter bottles of soda, different sodas and uh, and just cakes and and Twinkies. I mean, it was just, I kind of laughed. And there was, a, there was a few little things like, you know, a chicken, you know, and things. And, yeah. And, you know, I, I hate to point this out, but the reality of it is was her and the little kid were not the healthiest looking people on the planet. Mm-hmm. And so I got my stuff, and they happened to be in the, in the line next to me. And I was just watching as this lady was ringing it all up, bringing it all up. And she hands her the EBT card to pay for it. And I just was, that's my hard work. Mm -hmm. And my money going to pay for something I would not buy for myself. I would not feed my own family. And I'm thinking, how horrible is it what we've done to people that we've stripped them of not just dignity. Dignity to me is one of the biggest things, but even knowledge and understanding of how they should or shouldn't live. Because if if they had to actually pay for it out of their own pocket and their hard work, I'm thinking they would think twice about not just what they
1: ate, but how much of that they ate. Yeah, consumption levels. Yeah, I know you wanted to read that note. Um, too bad it didn't come with a million dollar check. But
0: yeah, I, I'm looking in for a check.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's funny we're talking about food because some of my friends make fun of me for eating fistfuls of spinach. But if you guys remember that cartoon, Popeye always popped a can of spinach and his biceps grew like yeah, 10 yeah. times. And so, you gotta do what you yeah. gotta do. Either you're eating fistfuls of Lucky Charms or fistfuls of spinach. Yeah.
0: yeah, Wh- yeah.
1: Where are you at? <laughs> uh, the, 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 the note. Yeah, what does it uh, say? Uh,
0: a lady over here handed this to me, and it says My perspective Christians have a heart to follow God, so I follow my heart by working to improve the things that break God's heart. It's so. Um, it's a good thing to follow your heart if it aligns with God's heart. And I agree. 100% very agree. Much. I totally agree. And, and that's yes. kind of the perspective, you know, because what is God's heart, you know? Um, it's not mm-hmm. this. Here's the thing about God. God sometimes allows us to be put in situations to where we have to just produce and do things that maybe, I'm not talking about sin, but things that we may not actually want to do and and it's he's testing us now he's not testing us for himself because he already knows he already knows how we're gonna respond and so we don't know it's for us right hundred percent test is for us yeah and 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 the test is at least in that sense are we willing to do what it takes i'm not talking about sin or compromising our belief but are we willing to do what it takes to uh... put food on the table build a life create a life and still <laughs> at the same time honor God and if God can see that you're going to do that and you see that you're doing it and you're still remaining humble you're, you're staying close to God he'll start blessing you and then whether it takes you know two years three years ten years you're gonna be you're gonna end up in a place that you really absolutely completely appreciate and you say it can't get better than this because you do because oh, your heart's after God and, and yeah. you're putting Him first, not your job, not your paycheck, but yes. Him first, yeah. so we can honor that. And I learned that in my own life. You know, I worked for LA County for a long time and it wasn't a bad job. I just hated it because I knew uh, so I didn't want yeah, yeah, so to be there because it was, I felt, taking me away from really going into ministry and doing what I was called what to do. What you were called to do. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, when I finally got into full-time ministry and out of that job, I realized, and this is where I just kind of can kick myself, and and this is why I harp on this, ladies and gentlemen. By the time I got out of working in the, you know, we call it the secular world, but it, it was a job. It was it put food on the table and such. So anyways, by the time I got out of there and into ministry, mm-hmm. I realized why I was in that job. It was to teach me how to function, how to work with, how to work around, how to be with people that I was supposed to be ministering to. Mm-hmm. How to deal with them, and these guys were just, you know, really rough individuals, you know, and um, how to work with them, and how to, and then later I could I could relate to them when I'm ministering to them. I knew how to speak their language. I knew how to I knew what they were about. I knew what they liked, what they didn't like, uh, and such. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I took what should have been maybe a two or three, possibly three year training. Mm -hmm. I turned it into 12 years because I wasn't applying myself. Every day I went to work. Any day now, I'm out of here. So I wouldn't apply myself. If I would applied myself, I could have learned what I needed to learn in probably three years. But it took me 12 years Mm -hmm. to get what I needed because I was just kind of like, you know, dragging my feet the whole time. Bitter that I wasn't in the ministry. Mm -hmm. Then Mm -hmm. when I finally got into the ministry, I went, oh my gosh, now I know I was there. Yeah. Now I know I was what I was should have been doing and it took
1: me 12 years to get a three year yeah. education basically. maybe that diligence factor. yeah yeah yeah, I, I agree with that and you know Colossians 3:23 talks about whatever you do, do it wholeheartedly unto the Lord and not just unto man. right So as you step into where God has called you to and his purpose for you, his heart well just like Jeremiah prophesied, he's going to write your word, his word on your heart. So your heart, in essence, becomes one with God, yeah. and you're able to be a blessing where you're at. So that's a great note that this yeah. uh, young woman wrote, and yeah. that's even another aspect of, I mean, we can honestly talk hours and hours about the word heart, all the common things we hear about following hearts, what scripture has to say about the heart, and it's an interesting topic, but yeah. that's kind of more of a faceted, multifaceted view on that statement I made earlier. So I'm glad we brought that to the table and, and we got that note from her, too. Yes, absolutely. So that, absolutely. that's great. You know, and
0: um, it reminds me also a story of Moses. When you read Mo, about Moses, interesting, interesting story. You know, we, we focus on on some of the highlights in that story, but um, I would suggest next time you read Moses, just stand back and look at the whole picture. Like, get a, a big picture view of the Moses, because what happened was, Moses, uh, most of you, if not all of you, know this story, how Moses was uh, born at a time when the Egyptians were killing the male children. So his mother hit him, and then Moses, uh, the Pharaoh's daughter actually found Moses and raised Moses as a prince in the palace of, of Egypt. And so for the first 40 years of his life, he was raised as an Egyptian prince. Then um, he, he he killed an Egyptian taskmaster who was beating a, a fellow Hebrew, and uh, he had to run for his life. So another 40 years working as a shepherd. So he went from the palace in Egypt, at the time was probably the most powerful nation on the planet. Yeah. Then he was on the backside of the desert, um, the, the um, son-in-law of the prince of Midian, and he worked as a shepherd. So yeah. from a prince to a shepherd. In the desert. Yeah, in the desert. 30 feet, yeah. <laughs> And then he was 40 years there. So now 80 years go by, hmm. and God hasn't used him yet. He went mm-hmm. through, and that's 80 years of training, 40 years in the palace, 40 years as a shepherd on the backside. I mean, we're talking backside of the desert
1: where there's hardly anything green. It's so hot, sweaty. You don't have your Axe deodorant. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> can't take was... cool showers with with uh with marble-looking walls. Exactly, it, it was rough. To... Sorry, Moses.
0: So, and then he uh, God calls him Burning Bush. God calls him, and then for forty years he's leading God's people. He is now entrusted with the ministry, if you will, of leading somewhere between two and five million of God's people out of Egypt, mm-hmm. and not just and through the wilderness where he was a shepherd, and to the promised land, you know, he wasn't allowed in the promised land. But nonetheless, he got them to, to that to the edge of the promised land, and it was Joshua who got him in. But the first 80 years of his life was training for his leadership position of God's people. 80 years, ladies and gentlemen. A big deal. Thank you very much. Have a great day. We we're just saying thank you to the young lady that gave us this note. But 80 years he was being prepared. Now, the point I'm trying to make on that was, again, we have so many people that just want to step right out of either high school or out of college uh, with a four-year degree, some of them two-year degree, yeah. and right into their destiny job. CEO. Yeah. CEO of Hostess Donuts Inc. <laughs> exactly. Give me that job. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and um, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Rarely, I'm not going to say never, but rarely does it happen like that. And in in some of our cultures in America, um, many young people have the idea that they're going to go into sports or entertainment. You know they'll, they'll be 20 years old and they'll be picked up in the draft, NFL or NBA or Major League Baseball, something of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, or they'll, they'll be the next uh, um, singer, actor, actress, whatever. And r- again, rarely does it happen to, to the point that they can actually make a real world living
1: at that. I'm not saying never. Yeah. But the odds are really against you. Yeah, just to interject real quick, so I was doing a little bit of uh, extra casting, so I was acting, and I had some pretty cool roles when I was doing it in between Chase and Lockheed, but I met this gentleman who came out from the East Coast, and he said, I saved up enough money to be out here for three months. If I don't make it, I'm going back home, man. And dude ended up going back home. Yeah, Didn't make it in Hollywood. That was one of thousands, millions of people that do that. They come out here, they try to make it. They're super passionate, and mm-hmm. some of them even have that personality where they're trying to put themselves out there to get noticed, and you could tell it's not authentic. Right. But that's, that's just yeah. Hollywood at the end of the day. But it goes with your example, you're saying. Yeah, and, and I'm not against it. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have a passion to sing,
0: dance, act, uh, anything like that, play sports, please go for it. Give it a shot. Pursue that, however, not at the expense of a real world career. Do that on your spare time, and if somebody picks you up, somebody notices you, then you can always leave your day job. You know, when you start making that kind of money, it just works that way. Yeah. But it's just called wisdom to go out there, find a real-world job, and pursue your passion mm-hmm. on the side. You know, again with Moses, 80 years of being prepared for what might have been, you know, his his uh, dream job. I don't know if it was or wasn't, it doesn't actually say, but uh, think about that, 80 year preparation. So he's 80 years old, he, he leaves this earth at 120, and between 80 and 120 he has his dream job. And yeah. everything that he lived up to that point, to his, you know, 80 years old where God calls him out of a burning bush, uh, uh, everything that he learned was preparation for what God really had for him to do at the end of his life. Yeah, pregame. And um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's just face it. In our world, we live what? Let's say, you know, you're productive. for about, You could be productive about 90 years if nothing happens to your health. Okay, 90 years. Mm-hmm. So um, divide that into three. That would be 30, 30. Yeah, 30 years. So the first 30 years, you're being prepared in one way. The next 30 years, we pe- being prepared in another way. And then your final 30 years is where you really can make a big difference in this world. And we have people, and, and I'm not trying to pop anybody's bubbles or dreams. I'm just trying to put this into perspective so you it's don't, wa- yeah, so you don't yeah. waste time on something that's not going to produce, at least right up front. It will produce someday. It will produce in some way. And I'm not saying you have to wait till you're 60 years old. Please don't misunderstand me. Because God can use you in a lot of ways before that. Yeah. yeah. But you're not going to be well-rounded just coming right out of high school or right out of college. I mean, I'm 56 years old. I don't even claim to be well-rounded yet. God's still working on
1: me. He's chiseling away. Yeah, and you're making me think of even just natural examples. Um, And I mentioned earlier I'm really into fitness, nutrition, and health. It's so easy to put on fat, but there's no strength, stability, and it doesn't look good right takes a long time to build muscle right it not only looks good but muscle prolongs your life gives you strength gives you gives you stability Mm -hmm. you even feel better when you have muscle instead of fat yeah and you got to work at it you got to work really really hard you got to be disciplined and diligent day in and day out you're not just going to be looking like arnold overnight and you know there's those outlier stories where you're walking around la and a producer maybe sees you and says hey you fit the role that I want you to play in a movie. Right. But um, we're not talking about those types of people. That's like, right. I wouldn't even know a good phrase for that. That's just a dime in a dozen. Yeah. Right place yeah. at the right time, and then your career comes forth. But who knows? What if God didn't call you to that? Right. Because we're, you know, John Bevere wrote a great book, Driven by Eternity, mm-hmm. and talking about just how scriptures, uh, how we're called to give an account for what God has created us for. Right. You know, so. Yeah, and those that's things. Sort of it makes me think of.
0: Thank God when they happen. But that's like you said and it's so rare yeah. that you can't really bank on something that is that rare yeah exactly you know? um, yeah. and yeah and you, when you said that about uh, muscle and, and versus fat and it's true and that's that's a good analogy pretty much in anything of any real value takes time to develop and that's th- even in the scripture we have the, the fruit of the spirit not weeds of the spirit that pop up
1: yeah, Galatians five twenty
0: two. Yeah, yep. fruit. And fruit takes time to not just, you know, bud and pop out on the tree, but it takes time to mature. Mature, ripen, yeah. Right, and, yep. and, and even still, we are to have fruit, as the Bible says, fruit that lasts. Yeah. So that type of fruit, even there's other things that have to go into it. That's work. My point is, on all of that is, listen, anything of value, ladies and gentlemen, especially young people, if you're between, let's say, if you're like... Just about to get out of high school, you're 17, pushing 18 years old. Uh, I would highly suggest these days, unless you're going into a unique field, try to find a um, trade school. You know, right now they are they're desperate for uh, welders. Welders. I mean, things that welders. we used to take. Uh, granted, you know, take for granted welders mm-hmm. um, now they're desperate for them because everybody wants to get into college and get a degree and I'm not opposed to that
1: don't yeah. misunderstand
0: me ladies and gentlemen but sometimes um, you know especially now, they've, they're giving out so many degrees to people, so many people are, are, are graduating out of college degrees and they can't find jobs because the jobs that they're looking for, such as welders or heating and air conditioning um, technicians. You need certification. Yeah, you need certification, yeah. not a college degree per se. Yeah. So my point is, ladies and gentlemen, if you're saying, listen, uh, I just want to get out there and make a good living, well, maybe think about, you know, uh, again, I'm not telling you not to go to college, but maybe it's a trade school that you should be looking into. And in most trade schools, you can go in and get out with your certificate In about a year so in about a year you can step out and be making some money pretty decent money Mm -hmm. and friendships linemen and all that yeah yeah and then if you can take that and turn it into an actual business where you own the business
1: and have other people working for you that's even better you know i've seen so many uh smart people that have done that and they've worked for a company and they learned the trade and they started their own company now they're the boss they have employees under them, and they're getting paid out much better than if they were getting their cut working at like a different contractor right. uh, for them. And even talking about that, over here at uh, you know Lockheed Martin, my specific effort, they've been trying to hire engineers and all kinds of technical expert, you know, related field personnel, and no one is able to qualify. Like the the workforce, it yeah. they're not able to find anyone to fill these positions. So the yep. workforce doesn't have any people with these skills and these experiences that we need. Right. And so that's causing strain on us because now one person is doing the job of, like, five people. Yeah. Because they're not able to hire the right person for the job. Right. right. So that's tough because, I don't know, maybe a thousand people out there decided not to go in and get degree, certification, whatever, right. to, to come over here and to help out. Instead, they just wanted to hang out at home. Well, they could have been working here. Right. You know, right. but they... Took the easy route out. Yeah, and again, that
0: brings up such a good point, ladies and gentlemen. Especially when you're in your formative years and you're planning your future and you're wondering, should I go to school? Should I not go to school? Where should I go to school? Um, if if you don't have, you know, maybe a guidance counselor or a pastor or some type of mentor that can help you look at all the options, and I mean all of the options. Not if they if they're just pushing one option, it's very lopsided. You know, uh, you need to be able to look at all the options. You need to look at all the trade schools out there, electronics, um, electrical engineering, engineering in general, welding, uh, yeah, uh, all of those
1: things. We need people for sure. Yeah, the con- and, countrywide. I'm, you know, I was just sharing Lockheed because that's what I see, but nationwide we need those people with the experience. Right.
0: Right. Yeah, and and absolutely, and. Not just here at Lockheed, I'm, I'm, I'm realizing this all over the place, mm-hmm. you know. I, I would just have, hey, do you have anybody that has these skills? Send them over right now. And it's like, mm, no, not often. You know, we got some very skilled people at our church. Young people are very skilled, but in the skills that this person was asking for, it's like I couldn't think of anybody off the top of my head. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and that's, on one hand, it's sad, but on the other hand, it's good in this sense. Mm-hmm. So if you're coming, say, right out of high school, you're getting close to graduating high school and you're wondering what am I gonna do with the rest of my life, and you realize that, wait a minute, there's a certain field that they're just, they're hungry. They're, they're I mean, they'll pay me top dollar if I can get in there and do that job for them. And while everybody else maybe runs off to college to do whatever, and you take that trade school for a year, year and a half, and you come out and you can do that job where mm-hmm. now you know, very few people are able to do that job you can demand top dollar yeah you're extremely marketable with, yeah with unique and yeah. rare skills yeah absolutely i mean even I'm, I'm church leader here i almost said pastor but pastors are nice el pastor tacos <laughs> <laughs> yeah pastor tacos <laughs> but um i i honestly i wish i had a little bit more time because i would go to trade school you know mm-hmm. not necessarily to go out and get a job but just to just to I, li- I always like to be able to um, make myself more marketable in that sense. I, I, I don't like to not be learning something, and, and something usable. Yeah. You know? It's like we got uh, over at our church, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, we have a big uh, like a wrought iron fence in the front of the church, and it's just old, dilapidated, looks ugly. It's been falling over, close to falling over, I should say. And we need to um, replace it. You know, I, I, um, part of me says let's just hire somebody so I don't have to worry about it but there's another part of me saying no I'm going to go buy a welder and I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to weld that thing up. you know because that's just how I am I just like to learn things and know things especially if I haven't done it mm-hmm. and that's probably the route we'll take we'll just get a bunch of guys there and we'll just go figure it out
1: it's a good handyman yeah um, there's a good amount of people at the church that I could think of that are, are good like that handyman yeah. and they just jump up, and they're able to get the job done, yeah. and they have that experience, too. That's really, really good. Well, to
0: me, it's, uh, um, you know, again, I always have to preface these things because I don't want anybody misunderstanding me. But to me, that's what men do. I'm not saying men know everything or can do absolutely everything, but men are willing to at least try and learn it. For instance, if you've never worked on a car, hey, I'm going to learn it. i want to learn it. I, 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 you know, I've never changed a tire, but I'm going to change that tire. You learn it. And that's what men do because men figure out how to take care of themselves, how to take care of what they, what, what's around them, how to take care of their family. doesn't mean that every time the car breaks down, you have to go out there and fix it. You might send it over to the mechanic, mm-hmm. but you at least have some type of working knowledge that you know you, you can work with your hands and make that thing happen. You know? And that used to be at least one of the criteria for masculinity. You know, why would you hire somebody to do that you could do yourself? And I I understand things. Times have changed a little bit. We don't always have the time like maybe we used to have 40 years ago. But it was always that constant, you know, kind of like uh, even with the church. We started getting those death threats. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, a wonderful, sweet, nice little church like ours started getting death threats. So what did the men of the church do to protect themselves and their families? We built muscles. Built muscles. (laughs) Well, really, I mean, we talked about it. We developed plans. Some of them went and and purchased some uh, firearms. No, nobody's running around like a militia, ladies and gentlemen. They're tucked away at home, and Mm -hmm. and they're able to defend themselves and their families if they need to, because that's what men do. In other words, the men rose up and says, we need to fill this void and uh, we're, praise God, we have a good police department out here, the sheriff's, the LA County Sheriff's Department. But we're not going to rely on them. I'm a man. I'm going to take care of my family. And I, I really appreciated that because it wasn't like <laughs> it wasn't like you know we we see these um, uh, you know kind of these girly men today so afraid of everything. They just rose up and they said, No, enough's enough. We're going to take care of business. You know, and I appreciate that. And it wasn't just because they bought a gun. It was everything else. We have a cleaning day, a work day, or something like that. We got a little, what I call it our little baby tractor. The guys come out. They do work at the church. You know, they do the, the construction kind of work and everything. And we have a great time with it.
1: Yeah. Men got to do manly things. I agree, A-Rob. I wish. I mean, it's kind of, I don't know if. I'm just going to say it anyways, but I really appreciate it when we're in Israel and they require every citizen to go into the military for at least two years. Yeah. Because that really gives you a, a different perspective right. of being a citizen for that country. Yeah. And you start not taking your freedoms for granted. Exactly. And you start learning work ethic. You start right. learning discipline. You start learning diligence. Yeah. You know, it's going to be tougher for some and easier for others, but yeah. it's when it comes down to it, your perspective that's shaped by the things that you've gone through in your upbringing, especially in your teenage years, makes the biggest difference of that being a launching pad and what your future looks like.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is, that, that was, um, I remember that when we were in Israel together, and by the way, ladies and gentlemen, um, we had a good time in Israel. It was fun. We, were, we had a good time. It was hot and sticky the year that we went, but we had a good time anyway. Yeah, um, But it's true. In Israel, you can see you could see like um, uh, grade school uh, l- little kids with say a teacher teacher's aid, and they got a AR strapped to their back, the teacher's aid, not the kids, mm-hmm. <laughs> taking these kids like for some field trip or down the street or something for I don't know, ice cream or whatever. Yeah. And, and here they are, and that's normal to them. And a lot of people say, I wouldn't feel safe there. No, you don't understand. When you see good people, righteous people, bearing arms, you feel safe. It's when you see the thugs, and the thugs only have the guns. That's when you feel unsafe, at least in my perspective.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I I would agree with that. You got to respect the the weapons, and you you have to use them properly. It's a big deal. Sure.
0: I know, ladies and gentlemen, it seems like we've been all over the place, but we've really been on a, a, a kind of a singular theme about how we just need to get our mind, heart right, number one, with God, of course. Yeah. But getting down to just really what works in society, culture, our own life, our own world. Because when it starts to really, truly, honestly work for you, the work that you can produce works for you. It will work for Culture and society,
1: one hundred percent.
0: You know, and and I like what Lance now I heard him say, "What you do sometimes, you do all the time." I don't know if he is originally the one who mm-hmm. originally said that, but and that goes over in everything. What you do sometimes, you do all the time. Your behavior, yeah, yeah. and it's a behavior thing. Mm-hmm. And I would even say, what you do in one area, you will do in another area. If you're if you're a real say. Lazy in an area, well, you're going to tend to want to be lazy in other areas. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. Um, and, and what we want to do is basically, ladies and gentlemen, not take... It's a misnomer to say people are kind of... There's a few lazy people out there. It's just stop misapplying your energy and apply
1: it where it needs to be. Yeah, that, that's a big part of it. And I would even say consistency is what breeds results. Um, if we have a consistent society, and I mean, you're kind of seeing this with some certain groups of people right now, they've been so consistent at specific things that now it's just so well-known, you know, like a lot of the nonsense I'm talking about from a specific group of people, the the left-leaning folks, and they're just not afraid anymore to throw it in people's faces because they've been so consistent so long, now it's kind of empowered them. Right. You know, and, and when it comes to good citizens, strong citizens, Bible believing, following, you know, Christians, God is not impressed with your one rep max, so to speak. You know, God is not impressed with one hit wonder type of people. I don't see any one hit wonder type of people in the scripture that really made an everlasting impact. Right. It's being consistent day in and day out when no one is looking. What does your thought life look like? What are your words look like? Um, Bible talks about that. Um, And then what are you doing? How are you treating people? And even something as silly and simple as your diet, look at your diet, folks. And if your diet's all over the place, it kind of tells you your life is in a sense all over the place. Yep. Because if we can't control what we're putting into our mouth, into our bodies, you're gonna have a hard time being able to be consistent and disciplined in every other area. Yeah. So that I always bring it back to that mentally because I've noticed a huge difference in my life too, um, behaviorally just by being more disciplined in my nutrition. Yeah. So it's just like how you say sometimes, Rob. Um, what you see in the natural is already what's manifest in the spirit. Yeah. 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 So it's kind of a just a little picture that I wanted to paint when it comes to consistency, behavior, discipline, lifestyle. It's all a spider web that's tied together, and right. the center of it should be the Word of God.
0: Yeah. Well, th- that's actually a really good point. So, ladies and gentlemen, what I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, but what I think I hear you saying is, in, at least in essence, is if you can't be disciplined, and, and, and I'll even take a little bit further. Mm-hmm. Again, you, you, you correct me if, if I'm way off base with this um, of what you were saying, but if okay. you can't be disciplined and have some understanding of what you're putting into your body, what you purposely take and put into your body, that that is a statement of the rest of your life, that that, that that you're not disciplined enough, committed enough to consistently watch your diet, watch what you eat, watch what you put in. And it, you could mm-hmm. even extend that maybe to uh, uh, things that you hear or watch on the television, things of that nature. Yes, you can extend it to all of that Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so that, that even would tell me that that is a picture of the person's spiritual life, mental, emotional life, that if they can't even be that committed to themselves and to their health and what they actually put in, because it's not like somebody's forcing it, they're doing it themselves, then is it any wonder that why we have so much mental illness in our world right now or so many, let's bring it back to even the church, maybe not mental illness in that sense, but Mm -hmm. just um, inconsistent Christians Mm -hmm. uh, or maybe Christians that lack loyalty. Uh, or commitment, you know, the hit yeah. and miss kind of Christian. They're on fire this week, but next week, well, that might be something else. Yeah. So, I mean, is there a correlation in that?
1: Yeah, all of that stuff is correlated. Um, and I'm not just saying that because I've noticed in my own life, but because they're just principles that God has put in the earth. So you even see unsafe people operating in that. And then we, you know, we look at unsaved uh, billionaires or crazy in shape fitness trainers and and we wonder, like, oh, well, you know, if it's in the spirit, it's manifest and natural. It's a, it's a principle that people have applied. And if you think about it in terms of the body, God has called you to do X, Y, and Z in life, but you're just you're going all at it regarding X, Y, Z, but you're not taking care of your body and you're not um, disciplined within your nutrition, you're not going to fulfill X, Y, and Z. Right. You're going to die prematurely. Yeah. You're not going to have a, he- a healthy state of mind to be able to fulfill what God has called you to fulfill right so it all starts with that and of course there's scriptures that talk about how we're the temple of Holy Spirit right take yeah. care of your body yeah. um, and just you know in Christianity w- sometimes I would say we care so much about the spirit we neglect the body and, and the soul which in essence your body and soul nutrition is a big part of yeah. how your soul is doing too yeah yeah, yeah.
0: no you're absolutely right and uh, yeah we like to and, and this is, to me, the, the, the um, fallacy, I guess, in this, is we get spiritually minded, neglect the soul, neglect the body, but that's the very things that house the spirit. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just like, um, how can your spirit really be healthy, regardless of how much you focus on just spiritual things, if you don't have a healthy soul and you don't have a healthy body? You know, and even if you can pull that off some way, let's mm-hmm. you know, what good are you spiritually speaking if you're in a hospital bed? I mean, how many lives are you changing there? Maybe a nurse, maybe a doctor. Yeah. Versus, if you're healthy and you're whole, you can be out on the streets ministering to people. You can be in the home ministering to your family. You could be in the church ministering to church folks. You could be everywhere. You can be ministering to dozens of people at a time instead of just two people because you're stuck in a hospital bed somewhere and that's the kind of image I try to get to people it's it's like we need to do everything we can to to um, not be put in that situation I don't want to serve Jesus from a a wheelchair I will if I have to but I don't want to have I don't want I'm going to do everything I possibly can to stay out of that wheelchair to stay out of that deathbed so that I can serve Jesus you know in health
1: I mean yeah, yeah, I love hearing you say that, Rob. And, um, you know, we, we don't have to dive too much into it now, but just researching aging, nutrition, sleep cycles, muscle, um, how all of that, it just, it's, it's so interesting, and it plays such a significant role in our longevity. And now, you know, just every time I look at my daughter, and, man, she's so beautiful, I'm thinking about her right now, but I want to be around, and I want to be running around with her yeah I want to be 80 and be running around with her kids yeah I don't just want to be sitting down watching shows because I can't get up and go outside exactly you know so I'm implementing those things at this age yeah so it can lead me to that place and and having that in mind also I'm gonna be much more effective yeah being a healthy individual on the job at home as a young disciples teacher at the church yeah so it, it's all synchronized together and it's it's tough because you need to be on your a-game in each and every one of these aspects yeah and it's so difficult right right but it's doable and you just you have to research it you have to know the stuff that's out there what you're putting in your body what you should and shouldn't put in your body what your exercise life your sleep life should look like yeah and and even if people make fun of you, stick to it. Yeah. I can't tell you how many people have laughed at me, whether sarcastically or seriously, when it comes to measuring my food or, like mm-hmm. I mentioned, eating handfuls of spinach or just being being Andre and being extra when it comes to this <laughs> stuff. But at the end of the day, like, I have a vision. Yeah. I have goals. Right. And I want my peers to have that same mentality, yeah. you know, yeah, so yeah. we could do it together.
0: And, and again, it all comes back, ladies and gentlemen, we, we didn't really deviate from what we started. It all comes back to uh, having a good work ethic and working for the things that you really want and the things that you really need. Uh, if you want to be healthy, you have to work at it, period. If you want like muscles, yeah, you have to work at it. You know, when I started the gym over there, um, mm-hmm. I I did not do it to get in any way ripped or bigger or anything like that. And I did it mm-hmm. uh, for other reasons. And, you know, why. I haven't gone on the air just yet because I want to make sure that plays out a little bit more. But nonetheless, I did it for specific reasons to get in, in just in better shape, mainly my running, but uh, everything else. But yeah. but what I appreciated about it was watching my diet and working out um Beyond whatever what I've ever worked out before in my life, you know, of and you've been
1: doing great, eh, Rob? Just want to say yeah, that you been really it. consistent, and that's, that's what it's about.
0: Yeah, and so when I didn't really see it because I'm just staring at myself every day, but other people are saying, "Man, you're getting ripped, you're getting this, you're getting that, you're getting you know chiseled, yeah. you're getting even some of the guys at the gym." I'm like, I look, and I go, I don't really see it, but great, they see the difference. Yeah. yeah. But my point is, that's my point. So hard work always pays off. In And in this way, in most other ways, even in ways you don't anticipate. Yeah. I just wanted to get in a little bit of shape, you know, as far as being able to run fat longer and things of that nature. And the other benefits w- that heaped on was spectacular. I mean, phenomenal. And and that's mm-hmm. the way every every time we... And it ha- you have to apply it. This has been now a year and a half that I've been doing this. And, that's awesome. You know, just to... Yeah. And, say just a year and a half yeah some people say that's a long time i w- no it's not because this should be a lifestyle so the fact that it's only been a year and a half is a bad testimony on me because it should have started 30 40 years ago not just a year and a half ago you
1: know what i mean yeah yeah i agree i get you um
0: but 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 at least thank god i mean uh, Ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't matter where you start, just start. Just start. And, and, and be consistent and do it. And when you don't want to do it, that's when you know you need to do it. Yeah. You know, because I am not a gym rat. You know, every morning I get up, I, my mind is trying to find every excuse why I can't go to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being honest.
1: Yeah, it's tough.
0: But when I actually get there and I start the workout, then I, I was like, why was I trying to get out of this? I feel great. I feel phenomenal. This is spectacular. Afterwards, I feel great. It's just getting up out of bed going, I don't want to go to the gym. And I try to think of all these excuses. So, But it pays off. It pays yeah. off not just in, okay, you know, I can run a little bit farther now. Thank God. I can lift a little bit more weight. I can do more push-ups and sit-ups and all that stuff. Everything that I was trying to do, I'm doing now. But it had other... I met some great, phenomenal people at the gym. Uh, we've, great, we've developed some great uh, friendships. Uh, those have... And that, that's still continuing to grow. Um, I feel better. I didn't do it necessarily to feel better, but I feel a lot better. I feel better now than I did at 25. You wow. Know? Well, even remember when I... I
1: yeah, I, yeah, yeah, that situation. Yeah, I, yeah. Had,
0: I had my shoulder. I, I, um, it, it turned out to be... Uh, tendonitis in the bicep, which it's all... Oh, okay. So yeah. it's shot up to the shoulder? Yeah, it all's attached in the same place. So I thought it was a, a, a rotator cuff issue, mm-hmm. but it's is a bicep issue. And, and even with that, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to lie, it hurt, but I didn't stop working out. I just mm-hmm. tapered it so that I can... Um, I've, when I found out what the problem was, I started working out on the muscles that support that muscle instead of just putting all the strain on that particular muscle. And so yeah. they started getting stronger, which now I'm not 100%. I can still feel it a little bit, but I can still go. We were doing deadlifts. And and um, let's see. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is not very heavy for a lot of you out there. But for me, this is good. My PR, my deadlift is 305. And I did that with, with um, a shoulder injury. Uh, bench press, my my personal PR, again, this is not... Uh, for some of you out there, there's nothing. 175. My back squat, 275. Uh, all of that with a shoulder injury. It's impressive. Uh, some, well, you, it, it isn't when you see some of these other guys next to me doing like 475. I'm like, uh, one day. <laughs> they've, they've probably
1: been at it longer. Yeah. Um, but one of, the, I would say, and you could probably relate to this, a eh, Rob. One of the cool byproducts of not just you know feeling great looking great for yourself but that it, it starts blessing others and it rubs off on others like you know neighbors needing help unloading something heavy out of their truck yeah and then they're like dang man like that was heavy how did you lift that yourself yeah. or uh, helping co-workers start yeah. eating more healthier and they're like yeah. oh dude what is this that you're eating what is that right like right, you're right. doing a cleanse what is this yeah and so it starts helping other people change their lifestyle yeah. Because they see the living example that you're showing them yeah. by feeling great, by having a great attitude, by you know walking a godly life, by hitting the gym. It's it's stuff that people want, yeah. but it, just not everyone is willing to really put in the work ethic. And I see our bodies as our bodies are Ferraris. You don't treat a Ferrari like a Honda. You know <laughs> right, you don't right, you right. don't put crappy gas in a Ferrari. Right. You have to maintain it properly. It's expensive. It, yeah. And you, you know, you've said it a bunch of times, Pastor Ajana has said it a bunch of times, but it comes with the cost.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and here's the thing what you, and this is what I try to tell people when, when it comes to just taking care of yourself. I'm not gonna lie, you're gonna, you're, it's gonna cost you more on the day to day right now to, to eat healthy and do these things, granted. But in the long run, it's actually cheaper because it keeps you from being sick. It keeps you from injury. It keeps you out of the hospital. I'm not saying 100% because things still happen.
1: Yeah. But even like I said, with the shoulder
0: injury, I keep coming back to that because this was my latest thing where people are like, see, it's not worth it. No, it's still worth it. It's still absolutely worth it because I was in a little bit of pain. You know, I was in a little bit of pain. I put my muscle rubs and my braces on it at night and everything, but I was still able to function. I was still Mm -hmm. able to move Mm -hmm. and I was still able to work out and still get stronger in other areas with this and I never went into the hospital, I never went in for surgery and never went in for any, I never saw that, I mean I saw my chiropractor yeah. but that's about it, he's great Yeah. And, uh, and I was still able to keep going and going and going and I feel great I feel wonderful You know. Um, and it does, it does help other people because especially, I know a lot of people that are extremely unhealthy by their lifestyles especially mm-hmm. and so when they can see something in me, oh I'm, you're off to the gym again or, hey, I, I see you're getting a little cut up. Hey, you can lift a little bit more weight. It helps motivate them because they can see progress in me, and, they, and that's the progress they want to see in themselves. Yeah, for sure. And, 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 and again, it's not just working out uh, or eating right. It, it, again, it's back on the job. It's being more marketable. It's, it's taking care of your family. It's, it's all of these things that when they can see, people your age can see you doing so spectacular. Becoming a father, husband, great job, and all of these benefits that are coming to you because you're just working hard, it motivates them to, hey, I gotta do it his way. He worked hard, he applied himself, made himself marketable, I'm putting myself out there now.
1: And I'm gonna follow in his footsteps. Yeah, and it's interesting too because you don't have to quote scripture or shove Jesus down people's throats as a Christian but by the way you're living your life and the fruit that's following you, it's so amazing that people want that, and yeah. that opens the door for you to tell them. Yeah, and it's happened so many times to me at mm-hmm. work. It's uh, my secret, is is Jesus, bro? Yeah, yeah, there is I no read the secret. Bible, it, yeah. Jesus, yeah. <laughs> I, I read the Bible and I do the Bible, and then people are like, oh snap, I wasn't expecting that right. from this Armenian dude working at Laki, but <laughs> that's end of the day. That's the secret. It's sim- It's simple to say, yeah. but. Read the scripture, know it, and do it, and it changes your life, and it starts changing everyone else's lives. Yeah. You can apply that to every single area of your life, even fashion. Yeah.
0: That's actually a very, very, very good point. But we we are gonna have to wrap it up. I just looking at our, my little timer,
1: and uh... oh, it's been a, a lot longer. I feel like you and I could just talk so much. <laughs> no, Rob, we can. We get. We
0: can. <laughs> we, we, we'll do, ladies and gentlemen. We'll do
1: more uh, podcasts
0: with uh, Andre. And um, maybe we'll bring in Justin next time because uh, Justin and Andre, when they're arguing together, are funny. And, uh, but it's a yeah. <laughs> it's good, it's good argument because they, they bounce off of each other. And, um, and another spectacular young man. But yes, sir, he is. As you can see, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to use this opportunity. If you're not going to Greater Works Christian Church, you're missing out. And a lot of people say, oh, you're just saying that. You're bragging about your church. Oh, I am. I'm I'm not going to lie. I am absolutely bragging about my church. But before anybody thinks I'm bragging about my, you know, me as the head of the church, it's because, as I told you before, God promised to bring me the best. And you just heard one of the best right here. And this is the type of people that God has sent my way and surrounded me with. And Andre, I can honestly say, you know, he was put through the ringer at the church, and there was a reason why that he didn't even understand. I didn't even always understand why I was so mean to him. <laughs> but I do now, at least a, a big portion of it, is because there was, I could see such potential and such value in him that I wanted to see that developed. And whether it was right or wrong, and I can probably admit that there were some times that I was wrong, and there was, Probably sometimes I was right, spot on, even when I didn't mean to be spot on. but nonetheless, God used even my own foolishness and failure in, that, in my leadership capacity, to push him to be developed. I'm not saying I developed him, that's not what I'm saying. God developed him using my stupidity at, even at times. but he is developed. He's, he's a phenomenal, strong young man, and getting strong and I don't mean just physically strong. But that too, physically, <laughs> mentally, emotionally, intellectually, and in wisdom as a as a husband and as a father. He is strong and he's getting stronger by the day. He, he's done spe- some spectacular things. And what I'm excited about is I could see God literally using him to, to really go the distance. And I mean do some extraordinary things in this earth. Yes, in the church realm, but even beyond that, even in the what we might call secular realm, even in the political realm and uh, all over this nation, all over this region, nation and even the nations of this earth, he's got that kind of drive. He's got that kind of uh, wisdom, um, intellect, and he's got that kind of ability. And it's no longer just potential that wasn't developed. Now it's being developed. and. He's growing by leaps and bounds and doing spectacular things. That's so why I love this guy. And uh, yes, so I'm bragging about my, about my church, but it's mainly because of people like Andre that have been uh, that have come to the church, stuck it out, and are doing spectacular things. Something I can never, I can't take credit for it at all. I just am so blessed that they're part of my church and part of my world that I get to sit back and watch it and be part of it. And I become like a like a you know grandpa part three i guess to his kids and such so by the way get busy we need more kids
1: <laughs> yeah more on the way but uh, i guess to close it out ayrob i really appreciate uh, what you just said and even your leadership i could talk uh so much longer about just how much your leadership has blessed my life and um i'm even excited if you wanted to do a part two we could maybe talk a little bit about the prophetic So I think that's a a good topic we could talk about. Um, But with that being said, time to hit the gym. Thanks for having me on here. And uh, we're also really excited to see your second book come out. So if you folks haven't (laughs) read, it's called uh, Time to Transition or Time for Transition. Time for Transition. Time for Transition. If you haven't read that, you guys need to grab it and read it. And that just popped up in my mind. So I might read that a second time again. Um, but hope you guys were blessed by this and look forward to being back on here again, A-Rob. Thanks so much.
0: I appreciate you, Andre, and I appreciate all the listeners out there. God bless you all. Thank you again for joining us at Table Flippers. Please check out our merchandise. We have hats, hoodies, water bottles, all kinds of cool things. You can find all of our merchandise at tableflippers.com. That's tableflippers.com. And please write me. Please let me know how I'm doing. Write me at gwccrobert, that's one word, gwccrobert at gmail.com. Give me the good letters, give me the bad letters, tell me the great things I'm doing, tell me the bad things I'm doing. I want to hear it all. Have a great day.